All right, now look here, Stephen. Yeah? This flaming Hot Cheeto craze. I know that it's just taken over the world, it, right? We got a flaming right? Hot Cheeto. Uh-huh. It's been a hot snack for a while. Yep. Now we got people that are like crushing them up and using them in recipes and stuff. We've also got, I guess there's like a, a Mountain Dew flaming Hot there drink. There is, yeah. Uh-huh. That must be like drinking battery acid, right? Um, I mean, Mountain Dew is like drinking battery yeah, acid. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, you just hadn't spiced the Mountain Dew. So, yeah, it probably would be more like drinking battery acid. But, you know, the flaming Hot thing, it's not for everybody, right? I think we need some options out there for people who can't get down with a flaming Hot Cheeto, which is okay. why I am now campaigning that we create, trademark dead and lovely, freezing cold Cheetos. Okay. Freezing cold, okay? Freezing cold Cheetos. I think... They're flavored with menthol. <laughs> I, I, I feel like <laughs> they did this on a, on an episode of Good Mythical Morning, maybe. Like, you know, they oh, did really? alternate universe snacks. And yeah. I think that is exactly what they did, was crushed up a bunch of mints and, and made it, like, put it onto a Cheeto. I can't, like... We need it. I think we do need it in the world because there are people out there who are like, ooh, I can't handle the spice, but I want a little Mm -hmm. tingle on my tongue. Yeah. I want to have powder on my fingers and get it on my clothes later. (laughs) Yes. Only I can't take the heat. (laughs) And I think you could even do like a double packaging deal or maybe they're both mixed up in there and it's like fire and ice. It's fun. You know? Yuck. All this and other great ideas are to be (laughs) beholden in the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the podcast you're listening to right now. Did you know that? Wow. It's the only podcast you're listening to right now. Unless like you have like a dual system where you're running like one on your computer and like you're running us on our phone, in which case That sounds healthy. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good way to live. Probably never, yeah. ever hear your own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> we need that sometimes. Here with the host with the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, your bad buddy, Hollywood Steve. Let's go start a fire. Oh my God, man. You're some, one of those hooligans, aren't you? Yep. You're ready to go play mm-hmm. some funny games with some hapless victims, that's I think. Me. is, And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the OG one from 1997 yeah. of Funai Gomez. Yeah. No, I can't imagine us ever needing to do the remake. Not that the remake is bad, but it's the exact same thing, just with it's people same speaking movie, yeah. English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just so happens that the original one is streaming right now on HBO. Yeah, so yeah that's why we picked that. We're doing that one, and it's a Patreon pick chosen uh-huh. from the Smoking Bowl itself, suggested yeah. by one of our lovely and loyal Patreon Lindsay supporters. Kerner. Thank you all. Lindsay, way to go. Way Thanks to so go. much for supporting the show and choosing this year's movie that we're going to be talking about. But if you just want to get straight on to the movie talking portion, fine. Get fine. the hell out of here. Go on. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It really doesn't. It's fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't even totally want to talk fine. about it. I'll just be in my room. Yeah. And you can just look at the uh, the, the timestamp in the podcast description there uh, if you don't want to hear us blubbering about how much it hurts our feelings that you don't want to hang out with us and catch yeah. up and shoot the shit for a while. But that but is whatever. what we're going to do for the next 40 minutes. Nope. Nope. Why don't mm-hmm. they want to listen to this? They don't understand. <laughs> 
Yeah, next iTunes review, it's just like, <laughs> they just kind of cried at the first a bunch. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars? Maybe this will improve their day. I don't know. How you been, man? Uh, yeah, good, good. Uh, been I've gotten back in the gym. The old hip bursitis is out the goddamn door, so that's great. Woo! To hip uh, to be bursitis, hip hip <laughs> bursitis. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So back in the gym is great, man. Um, I'm I'm feeling a lot better. Got a lot more energy. I've uh, unfortunately, uh, for the past two weeks, I've been waking up in the morning, like. Oh morning, no, you've morning. not been dead? <laughs> it fucking sucks. What the hell is going on? Uh, Welcome to the real world, jackass. <laughs> I can't like I I cannot keep up this schedule cuz my brain just doesn't work during the day. I just kind of I'm zoned out all day and then like I fall asleep at like 10. What the fuck oh, is going God, on? Oh my god, like a parent like a middle yeah. ager over here. Yeah, it's gross, man. I hate it. So, uh, oh man, I maybe st- your body's just like screaming, like, "Give me that vitamin Jesus." Maybe it's saying <laughs> you need sunlight in your life. Maybe it's that. You're saying my body's screaming for the D. Screaming for that D, dude. I'm just saying <laughs> it's asking for it. You know? Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I've 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 been I've been getting outside in uh, in the daytime. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's hotter than hell. What the? What, how do you people do this? <laughs> There's that flaming ball up there in the what sky. It makes it all hot like outside. <laughs> Why? Oh man. So, uh, I imagined a few days ago a uh, a daytime werewolf. Like, what if you turn into a werewolf every time the sun was full, which is like (laughs) all the time? That would be problematic. And also, like, everybody that you're trying to, like, bother as a werewolf is, like, in the office and they're at work and stuff. And they're like, God, come back later. I'm on the job. I'm trying to pay my bills here, werewolf. Just howling in the middle of the day. What an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. And then later, you know, he's just back to being a normal guy. So, yeah. Yeah. At night, normal dude. Sorry about all the howling earlier. Day wolf. Day wolf. Damn, man. So yeah, that that's uh, that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to? Dude, just being busier than a damn old uh, three-legged dog trying to bury a turd on an ice pond. You know what I mean? You <laughs> know what I mean? That sounds busy. It that's sounds real busy. busy. I'll tell you what. I mean, <laughs> that dog has got its work cut out for it. I'll tell you that. Sure does. How did it get Woo. this job? It sounds like... <sighs> terrible sounds tough man <laughs> sounds tough yeah it's been fucking busy man it has been uh like i just sat down in front of my computer here to record this and i realized that last week's logic session was still open because i haven't Holy even like, opened another recording session it's been pretty ridiculous here so wow. but it's been fun man it's been one of those weeks it's just kind of like flown by and i barely had time to watch god darn just about anything i'll tell you what man yep yep i did watch one thing that was really fun that i'm gonna recommend we watched that metal lords over on the netflix i've heard this is uh this is cool dude it was fun like it was really Mm -hmm. good i see a small amount of people in like the metal community being like it sucks they got this wrong and they did this instead that i didn't like just like Really gatekeeper-y shit. Wait, metal fans complaining? <laughs> I know, right? I've never no, heard surely not. <laughs> I thought they did a good job with it, and that it was fun, man. Like there's, there's so many moments in there where you know it's about these kids in high school that are like getting into metal and stuff, and 
It it honestly just about got me just a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit misty eyed. Just oh, remember okay. when I got into playing heavy metal and stuff, and yeah, what that was like. It was a good time, man. I oh, definitely cool. enjoyed it. Yep, yep, yep. It was a good time, and I also finally got around to actually watching not just one but two episodes of this show. And dude, I'll tell you what. Okay. I don't think a lot of people know about this, but I think once the word gets out. It's going to catch on, I think, in a big, bad way. It's a show called Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah? It's a cartoon show. Yeah, it's mm. animated. So it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it's not on <laughs> Disney. You won't find it on Disney+. Plus. You won't? Shit. It's adult entertainment. It's one of those Ooh. highfalutin cartoons that ain't for the for the kinder kids. It's yeah. like Tom and Jerry. Yeah, no, I think I've uh, watched five seasons of it, so yeah. <laughs> so you might be familiar, right? Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, I'm like a hundred million years uh, late to the to the party here, as hey. usual. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I was hanging out with my buddy Thomas, and he's like, "Wait, you haven't ever really watched Rick and Morty?" And I'm like, "No, I've just I've never got around to it." And he's like, "Okay, I've got two episodes." I want to show you, and if you don't like them, I don't think that you'll like the show, but you know, he was like, I see you getting into it. Uh-huh. So we watched the uh, the Vat of Acid episode. Yeah, that's a good one. Which was fucking ridiculous and just went in directions I was not anticipating. It's almost mm-hmm. like stream of conscious, improvised, weird shit, but it's am- animated instead. It's really not what I was expecting. I loved mm. it. Yeah, I, I recommend watching the rest of it. You've actually, like... You've waited long enough that uh, there was the initial, like, everybody being like, oh, Rick and Morty, that's a show, to yeah. the weirdo, obsessive fans who think they're Rick and that's a good thing, uh, annoying yeah. everybody, uh, to um, nobody actually caring anymore about Rick and Morty fans. So, like, saying you're a Rick and Morty fan is like, eh, eh, whatever. <laughs> cool so perfect timing is what you're saying yeah exactly yeah yeah you awesome. got you got in right when uh right when nobody gives a shit <laughs> right when the getting's good that's just yeah. how i like to do it man and we also watched the pickle rick episode yeah man i um i actually just uh because i've i've been re-watching rick and morty just saw that uh earlier this morning so I uh, like I remember how annoying. It, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I got I got some Rick and Morty. Back thoughts. it up. Back it up. Back it up. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I, I the fandom of Rick and Morty rarely, uh, you know, the, the the vocal fandom doesn't seem to understand that the show is not about like this good guy who's super smart and awesome at everything. <laughs> like it's about it's a, ter- like a terrible fucking love person. Cartman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, the the pickle Rick episode like was one of those like real weird it, things like phenomena where you see like people with like pickle Rick shirts and stickers and stuff, and it's like it was everywhere. Yeah. The point of the episode was he was he turned himself into a pickle to avoid going to therapy because he's an asshole. Yeah. Like. It, pickle Rick is not a, a a cool thing. It's a sad, pathetic thing. <laughs> yeah, it's avoidance. Yes, personified. <laughs> right. And and the thing is, like, you know, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland very much know the show they're making. 
they they're making a show saying you know this is sad and pathetic and and it wouldn't it be better if he you know instead of flexing his uh, intellectual superiority used it to benefit uh, other people <laughs> like but then people watch it and they're just like oh, he turned himself into a pickle that's the coolest <laughs> that's the impression that i got as an yeah. outsider when that was like blowing up everywhere yeah. i was like i don't really know if this is exactly something that people should be like blowing up and raving about about being like rick and stuff yeah like you're saying yeah yeah but I, I did enjoy it i definitely want to watch more of it for sure i thought that it was really um Fun and unpredictable and not really what I was expecting. So, yeah, yeah cool. I'll be watching more of it. Awesome. We also, like, just have started just putting on, just kind of in the background whenever, been uh, putting on uh, the old seasons of Stranger Things because that new season comes out, like, yeah. this weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I believe Friday. I hope it's awesome. Please be good. The, the episode links indicate that it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Like, they're all, like, between, like, an hour and an hour and a half long. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck and yeah. then the the fi- finale is over two hours, so like it's crazy. Is this the end of the whole show? Is this like the last? I believe so. Season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's supposed to be. I mean, them kids getting up there in their ages. They are, yeah, and they, it would just be you know a bunch of adults uh, fighting shadow stuff. So like, I, I guess <laughs> that that does take some of the whimsy and adventure away when you know they just got regular jobs and shit. Maybe they learned from like Fantastic Beasts where they're just like, oh, yeah, without the kids, this universe isn't fun <laughs> and nobody cares. Do yeah. you know anybody that has seen the third Fantastic Beast? I, I literally don't know a second. single person. I don't even know I haven't people either. that have seen the second, honestly. No. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I know anybody that's seen the second one either. Yeah. Like, it, wow. it really was. Uh, I mean, like, it was. <sighs> She, she J.K. <laughs> Rowling was becoming like vocally the worst. She always sucked. We just didn't know about it. But yeah, like yeah. she started becoming vocally the worst around then, and then it was just a boring, dull movie that <laughs> really just didn't like capture anybody's imagination. Why would you come back for the next one? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, not very, not very likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Hopefully, the new Stranger Things will be good, man. I'm looking yeah, forward I'm to it. So. What have you been watching? Um, uh, some some cool stuff, man. Uh, I did. Uh, what do you call it? The Joag Book Club just uh, just this Saturday. You talk and- about that Jack of all a grave. Yeah, yeah. They uh, uh, Corey conducts a book club once a month. We read a horror book. It's great. Because uh, it's it's gotten me reading again. Um, y'all ought to do the Bible sometime. Get some real good reading in there. Why don't yeah. y'all do the Bible? Can you imagine a book club where just one month the Bible is the assignment? <laughs> Go read the fucking Bible. What's the fucking Bible? Yeah. And then where do you start the discussion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all are to at least do some Frank Peretti or something like that, right? right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's some good writing. That's that good writing. Uh, we actually we, we read Bunny uh, by Mona Awad. And, um, I you know, I, l- I liked the writing style a lot. It, mm. it was it was it was very much like a um, you know a literary horror novel 
Okay. So it, it, the writing style was very interesting, and it like really did drag you through like a lot of the feelings and stuff in it. Um, and, and it, it is interesting. It's got like some really cool stuff in it, but it, it just I it didn't love it in the end. Uh, I didn't really hmm. feel like it had much to say uh, <laughs> other than, boy, uh, uh, being a grad school creative writing student is weird. <laughs> Gripping, okay. Gripping, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, extremely well written. Honestly, I mean, it was worth worth the read. So I had fun with it. Um, All right. But uh, as far as watching stuff, I, that they uh, Netflix just released Jackass four point five, so oh, I watched dude. that. Oh, how's it? Uh, you know, like any of the point five movies, it's fun and you know just cool to hear some of the behind the scenes shit that was either you know really funny or really scary. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that was a fun time. Uh, also watched Adam's Family Values. Still, because why wouldn't you? Still a fucking ten. Also, hey, what do you have to say to people that are like, now, why'd you watch that? That's a Halloween movie. It's a summer movie. It they go to summer, summer camp. It's a yeah. summer movie. Um, and, and honestly, like, I, I didn't even think about that until watching it this time. Because I always watch it around Halloween. It really doesn't have anything to do with Halloween. At best, no. it has something to do with Thanksgiving because of the Thanksgiving True. play. But Eat it's a summer me. movie. It Eat is, me. yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> it's a fucking 10. I love that movie. It's fantastic, man. Like, I, I really don't know if we'll ever get, uh, uh, you know, an Adams Family movie with comedy like that ever yeah. again. It is so, like, so a lot of dark-ass humor in it. Very <laughs> Just fucking dark. dark shit, yeah. Yeah, um, good shit. On uh, Friday night, we had the screaming chat. We watched The Last Drive-In. Joe Bob did Nosferatu and Nosferatu. Oh, it uh, okay. Double for, feature for a chat, a silent film, uh, <laughs> and then a film that is in uh, German, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not good. Not good. Not conducive for Not, a hang online. No, yeah, yeah. But uh, I like both of those movies, so that, Dude, there was at least that going on. They should make a sequel. To Nosferatu, and it's like Nosferatu number two. <laughs> Nosferatu. Yeah, Nosferatu on the cover, holding up to, uh, the two fingers. And, yeah, and having dude. like a little, a little, a little smile on his face. That'd be fucking sick. Or what if <laughs> it was Nosferatu two, and he became a ballerina? Nosferatu two. <laughs> Nosferatu two. Yeah, it's about a vampellerina. What do you think about that? Vampellerina. Yeah, I'm I'm loving this. Uh, Just write write that down. Get the napkin. I'm going to right now. (laughs) Nosferatu to vampellerina. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Written down. I'd see it. (laughs) Uh, For sure. It it did make me want to watch Shadow of the Vampire again, which if you haven't seen Shadow of the Vampire and you have seen Nosferatu, you should see Shadow of the Vampire. I ain't seen it. That's the one about like the goings on during the making of Nosferatu or something, though, right? Yes. Uh, and okay. It's it's got a little fun twist to it, and Willem Dafoe oh. and John Malkovich. So cool stuff. Well, just a bunch of weird talkers in that movie. <laughs> yep, for sure. Weird talkers. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, Nosferatu, Nosferatu, and then on on uh, Sunday night we watched a movie called The Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter. The trailer, oh, not the the trailer. The poster for that looked like a pile of shit. How was the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the movie like had so much promise to it because it it was well it was well shot, like very competently and uh, even artistically at times shot. But the uh, the the script really didn't uh, do it any favors, and then the terrible CGI sucked. So, um, <laughs> but some stuff, some of the stuff looked cool. Like some of the stuff did look cool. I, it was surprising. It was one of those where it was like, "Oh, this is going to be a pile of shit," and then it was like, "Oh, so actually, some of this is all right." Um, but yeah, overall, not not worth a watch. <laughs> There's better movies out there about unhinged haberdashers, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, here's one of the things. When they found the Mad Hatter's hats, they were just like some cheap-ass hats you buy at a costume shop. Aww. And it was like, wait, what? So, like, he was this supposedly amazing haberdasher, and this is what he made? What, what the fuck? Come on. Mm-mm. He's just mad about these hats. <laughs> He should have said that. That would have been good. I'm, I'm just, just mad about mad these hats. About these hats. Yeah, that would have been good. But yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, I do, I don't recommend it. But uh, it, it did have some promise for sure. And uh, all right, I, I would, I would say if if that director made something else with a better script, it might be worth watching. So that was cool. Okay. Uh, and then also, uh, 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 that, that is it, except I've been playing MLB The Show 2022. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is it the big show? <laughs> it's a big show. <laughs> it's just him playing baseball? Is that what it is? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just baseball, but, uh, uh, you can choose, you can elect to play as one player, which is what... I, I like to do and I'm I'm a pitcher so I just pitch it's very relaxing to me I mean sometimes it's not relaxing sometimes it's like what the fuck god damn it ah, I'm losing but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most of the times it's relaxing very much enjoy it I had a realization the other day where it it came just full force at me as to like how old I actually am okay because somebody was talking something about like oh yeah it just came out for PlayStation or whatever and I was like I don't know which PlayStation we're on anymore. Five. <laughs> See, it's like, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm like, I think there's a four for sure. There is a four for sure, yeah. I've lost it, man. It's oh, not no. my world anymore, dude. Ah, it's all right. I mean, just think about it this way, though. Even if you don't know PlayStation 5 exists, like you could still play PlayStation 3 and enjoy games. You know what I'm saying? PlayStation 2, yeah. fucking rad library of games. This is something like, yeah. w- remember growing up, it was like every time a new system came out, it's like, I gotta have the new system. But like now you have just the, like this backlog of so many fucking awesome games and so many cool game systems and stuff like you don't have to keep up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope not anyway, because if that's the <laughs> case, I am losing. <laughs> But at least I do have time and money to drink beer, which Hell is what yeah. I'm going to do now. I'm going to just fucking up the irons right here and have myself an Iron Maiden 
Co-Beer Code. What do you think about that? Yeah, let's uh, let's hear about this Iron Maiden Co-Beer. This is the Trooper, a premium British beer from Cheshire, England, isn't it? That's my Cheshire accent. Uh, somebody fact check that. Make sure it's <laughs> no, accurate that was for me. Perfect. There's no need for a fact check. It says he's charged with flavor. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy's O-U-R. Cheshire for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. F-L-A-V-O-U-R, that's how you know. Now, let's see. It says here, onward, onward, road to 600. The charge of the light brigade which inspired the Iron Maiden song, The Trooper, took place at the Battle of Balaclava, 1854, during the Crimean War, when 600 British cavalry courageously charged the masked Russian artillery. <laughs> Literally no one listening right now was frustrated with that accent at all. Everyone was like, that's good, and I want it to continue. (laughs) This gallant but foolhardy assault resulted in a massive loss of life and came about due to a misunderstanding in an order given by the commanding officer, Lord Raglan. How about that? Amazing, amazing. So what's the beer? What, What is it? What? What's it do? Well, let's find out. It's in a can. I've got to open the can and get it out. Oh, okay. That's how they made it. They didn't make it with the beer outside of the can this time. They should do that more often, where you just <laughs> you you pick the can and then the the liquid just comes with it, like yeah, floating along. I guess like an amoeba behind it. <laughs> That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Or maybe it's like in a bag and you have to like pour the bag into the can, then chill the can or something. Yeah, okay. Bag beer. I'm sense. down for it. <laughs> have you ever had any of these Iron Maiden beers? No, no, I haven't. Have you? They have one called, um, like I think it's called Sun and Steel. That's like a Japanese rice lager. Oh, okay. And it's fucking great. It's it's kind of like that sake to me that Lagunitas does. Ooh, it's really good. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. This smells nice. It's got a good uh, kind of just medium color amber. Okay. Sort of look about it here, moderately fizzy. Let's just let's just tickle them whiskers with it, huh? And just see what it's about. Let me just get a dip in this thing. What are you drinking? Um, I got a spicy water. Um, they put bubbles right into it. Didn't add no calories, but a little bit of sodium. So. Mm 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 mm. I'll tell you what. That is good as hell. That's mm-hmm. fantastic, actually. Okay. What 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 does it taste like? It's a brown ale, you know. Okay. It's it's got a little bit of that. I would say the closest analog I could think of is like a Newcastle kind okay. of vibe. It's a little less sweet than a Newcastle. It's got mm. a little bit of bitter on it, okay. like a old pint, pint of pissed. Yeah. Uh. Very British, <laughs> very British, sir. If uh, if I saw this on tap anywhere, I would rejoice. Yeah, cool. I would awesome. rejoice. It's really good. I think you'd probably like this a lot, actually. Yeah. It's obviously beer-flavored. I'm here for that. <laughs> it tastes like a beer. That's I like that. Tastes very similar to a beer. Well, I'm enjoying that. Well, you know what, Steve? This movie that we're talking about today is a Funi Gomez. Funi? And it's not a movie Gomez. I would call enjoyable. No. No, I would, not, I would not say Certainly. I enjoy this movie. No. Would you say it's a movie that you want to watch again? No. And I I just had to. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's other movies out there, Steve, that we wouldn't want to watch again. What do you think? I reckon there probably are a few. 
maybe we just take ourselves a little stop in that preview palace and talk about some. Welcome to the preview palace. <laughs> breathy edition. The breathy edition, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, this is one of those flicks that, uh, and we'll get into it here in just a second, where it's like, it, it definitely achieves what it sought out to do. Yeah. For fucking sure. For sure. Yeah. But it's also just... Not something I wish to engage in uncomfortably. Uh, repeatedly. Yep. And there's a lot of other movies that are like this too, where it's like, okay, you nailed what you were after. Yep. But it's just not a place that I want to go to again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And there's also movies that are just so fucking bad that you're like, yeah, never again. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. For me, the first thing that came to mind whenever we started talking about this, and, and I've talked about this many times on the show, Irreversible is a movie you can't make Ugh. me watch again. I've never. never I've never watched it. I because I know like exactly what it is and I don't need yeah. to see it. No. You really, really don't, man. Yep. I was actually hanging out with um uh, my buddy Andy Campbell there the other day and he's like, Oh, by the way, I watched that movie that you said to never watch that irreversible. And I was <laughs> like, Oh god, why? He's like, Yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like, yeah, reverse that's why, it. That's why I said that. Yeah, that's why I said don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a no-go for me. What's the first thing that came to mind for you? Well, um, uh, Corey and Mark just talked about this movie recently on Jack of All Graves, and I I have seen it. I think it is a, a very well-done movie. I don't ever need to see it again. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. You know what? Yeah. I, I have also seen that one a long time ago, and I have no real reason... Yeah. That I would want to like sit and watch that again. It is just a grueling, fucking mm-hmm. greasy, grimy ass, feel bad movie. Yep, yep, for sure. And it, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's got some great performances. It really nails exactly what it's trying to be. Oh yeah, but I don't, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to see that. I don't know which is more like I don't want to see it a bull like that or maniac. Yeah, Maniac I, is fucking crazy. You know, Maniac's I, one of those movies I like showing people though because it's just like you've never heard of this movie, but it's fucking insane. Yeah, I think the Maniac remake um, would fit on this list for me because Maniac, like, I don't know, is over the top enough and like campy enough that I can divorce myself from it a little bit. But the remake, like. I couldn't even. I couldn't get through it. It just made me feel gross. Yeah, it yeah. is definitely pretty fucking grimy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot on my list too that are just that. Like this makes me feel like I want to take a shower, and I don't like feeling that way. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, kind of flicks on here, man. Uh-huh. But there's also a handful on here that I just really fucking hate because they're pretentious pieces of shit. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, that's one thing that I can't stand with the movie, dude. Like I, I love trash. Anybody that listens to the show knows, like. Fucking give me a, a slasher in a grocery store and I'm happy as a pig and shit. But yeah. like when a movie gets real fart sniffy on me uh-huh. is when I'm like, okay, I'm I'm checking out. All right. So, for example, like a movie like Tree of Life. Go fuck yourself. Oh, Go climb a okay. tree, Tree of Life, huh? Okay. Have you so, seen it? No. Um you know, I found something uh, when when looking at Michael Haneke's uh, IMDb uh, that like 
everything he's directed has been like nominated for like a million awards, and I've oh. not seen any of them. No. Um, I don't. I think at this point in my life, um, I know that there are award-winning films out there that would be breathtaking and wonderful and artful. I'm probably not going to sit down and watch it, though. I'm yeah. just probably not going to. <laughs> uh, if a Fast and the Furious sequel comes out, I'm going to watch it. I'm there. Yep. But uh, probably just not going to sit. Especially if it's just reinforcing a, a belief I already have. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. If it's like, if if it's a real like grueling slog of a of an artsy movie that is about like how uh, society is collapsing and we need uh, collective action, it's like, yeah, I know that. I know. I don't need to sit <laughs> through this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that's that entire thing is the reason why I need to sit down and watch something like a Fast and the Furious movie so right. I can get my fucking mind off of exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I seriously. Don't I, think, think I don't know if it's it. like if it's just how fucked up the world is getting or the fact that I'm just like getting older or mm. whatever. But like, I want to have a good time yeah. when I watch a movie. Yeah. Like, even if it means escaping to. A place that makes me really think about stuff. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But just to be, to be like, I want to watch pure misery on screen for <laughs> yeah. a couple hours. Like, no, not really. I don't really want to. Speaking of uh, pure misery on screen for a couple of hours, uh, Last House on the Left. I don't ever uh, need to see that again. I mean... No. That... Uh, uh, anybody listening who's a Patreon uh, supporter, this is not us saying we'll never do these movies. We just don't want to. <laughs> like we're not. I'll never do ever, irreversible. We're not. I'll lay that well. One down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are some we won't do. But <laughs> like, if somebody were to say, like, put Last House on the Left in the bowl, and I, 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 I drew it. It's, it's a movie that does need to be discussed. Like for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to voluntarily sit down and watch it again. No. Though. Just not no, gonna no, happen. No. And I don't even think it'd be fun on our show no. because we generally like I don't to keep stuff so. I don't think kind of be. up when we can. So right. I don't even think that would be really fun. No. Nope. <laughs> Dude, another like pretentious piece of shit that I fucking hated is Bellflower. Did you ever watch that? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Dude, it's just like this ultimate whiny, whiny ass fucking independent movie that's like, oh man, we should have like 10 different kinds of lens flare on every shot. And (laughs) have you heard Dashboard Confessional? Here's some references (laughs) to Mad Max a bunch of times over and over. My life is hard. Like, it's just a fucking whiny man movie. And like, I sound like such a fucking boomer when I say that, but it is just a moist movie that is infuriating for me to watch a moist dude. movie I like it's that. a moist movie is what i would call it <laughs> um, overly moist that's my critique of that flick this one is is a, a a tough one for me because it is beautiful and it is kubrick uh but clockwork orange i just i can't see myself sitting down to watch again it, it's tough to call that like fun entertainment right yeah, yeah. uh i it i mean again like fuck Kubrick knew what he was doing. Like the music is amazing. The performances are all amazing. Obviously it is just bleak and like several sexual assault scenes, like just so much, just gross, terrible humanity that, I mean, you know, 
for sure, it it is something that uh, I have watched in the past and thought, oh, this is you know amazingly well done. But now, uh, a little bit older, it's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care that it's amazingly well done. I don't want to see it. I don't want to watch it. Right. Yeah. I'm noticing a theme here where it's just like, hey, if a movie's got a bunch of raping in it, we probably don't want to watch it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, th- this movie, uh, fun- Funny Games, does have, you know, that that one scene that is extremely uncomfortable and definitely would fit into the category of sexual assault. Oh, but, it's extremely degrading, yeah. Yeah, but it, it it doesn't even go near as far as Clockwork Orange. Like No, huh? Or fucking Irreversible. Or, or yeah, Irreversible or Last House on the Left. Like it, it just doesn't Yeah, it does it doesn't reach those heights. Um and I said I you know, it, it initiated that I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are there any like horror picks that you can think of that you never want to see again? Because like for me, the first thing I thought about when it comes to horror movies is that goddamn piece of shit fucking Rob Zombie movie. What's it? Is it 31? Is that what it's called? Oh, 31. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. Is, that movie is insufferable. It is. It's insufferable. It's It's like... It's like it, it thought it like he thought there was something clever going on there, but there's not at all. It's just yeah, a, no, a cast of like gross characters, lots of uh, racist characters, like just nothing fun about it. No, it, it really reads as if a. 13-year-old was tasked right. with rewriting The Running Man yep. that would make his mom yep. as mad as possible. Uh-huh. Robert Juvenile Zomber, you bullshit. get your ass in here. I just read your, read your little shirt story. <laughs> Wait till your father sees what you wrote. You, How many F-bombs can you fit into one sentence? It's me, Father God, Zombert. <laughs> yeah. Home from working in the carnival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. He's working down in the clown mines, yeah. just slaving away. He's just slaving away in the clown mines. Yeah. Mine and clown paint. 31 is fucking horrible. Are there yeah. any horror movies that you're just like, yeah, never again? Uh, Well, I mean, one that uh, I just will not watch is a Serbian film. Yeah, no. Just not just, going no. to. I'm not going to watch Not it. going to. Nope. No. Yeah, there's a handful of those um, that are just like, I know why you made this and I'm not interested yeah. in seeing it. Yep. Because I'm not just out to either prove how not grossed out and af- offended I can be, yeah, um, or just to watch disgusting shit. Like I don't care. Yeah, I'm just not into it. I mean, I'm I, an adult. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely not uh, trying to tell anyone not to watch these movies. Watch them if you want. They're 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 there for consumption. But uh, boy, if uh, if you've got if you've got uh, that thing where you feel real bad for people on screen. These movies are movies to avoid, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one that I didn't feel bad for the people in the movie. I just felt bad for it fucking ruining my day. This is going to be a wild card right here. This is probably a little bit irrational. Okay. Fuck Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Fuck Eight Crazy Nights, that Adam Sandler animated fucking movie. 
It's horrible, dude. I've, <laughs> like, ne- I've never so seen bad. it. I've never seen it. But it's not funny at all, dude. Like well, I watched okay. this one year, you know, during the holidays. Which, you know, I like to spend my holidays watching my magical movies that make me feel right. feelings and, mm-hmm. and give me the, the, the warmed potpourri feeling inside. <laughs> this just made me mad. And I was like, I can't believe I wasted a precious holiday evening watching this, which just fucking sucked. Never <laughs> again, Sandler. Never. <laughs> You're right. not getting a piece of my holidays. <laughs> yeah. Fuck uh, you. You, got, you. Take that, Adam Sandler. I'm sure taking a stand, goddamn it. On his bed made out of money. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Wipe them tears up, son. I ain't watching your fucking shitty movie again. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, there are definitely films I've seen that uh, are so bad that I wouldn't want to watch them again. But uh, Eight Crazy Nights, boy, that's that's a wild <laughs> one to pick. <laughs> I mean, I was so tempted to put a lot of stuff on this list, like like what's it called? Is it Jupiter? Jupiter ascending. ascending? Uh huh. I was tempted to put stuff like that on here, but I'm like, dude, that is that is a movie that is so atrociously bad that it's unbelievable, and I kind of want to show it to people. You know? Yeah. That I, I I didn't really think of anything that was super bad to the point that I would not watch it again. Like one of the worst films. I've ever paid to see was Ultraviolet. Uh, oh, I remember you saying that that was just unwatchable. I never it's saw it. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would watch that. I'd watch that with a group of people. <laughs> like it's absolute right. dog shit, but it would be like, okay, so we all see this, right? We all see how shitty this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't come up with a single reason why I would watch wonder woman, 1984 again. It's oh, God, atrociously no. bad, but it's not even like, so fucking badly made that you can sit there and like make fun of it. Like no. you can't do a riff tracks with it. It's just miserable and boring and fucking yeah. terrible. Very boring. Very terrible. Yeah. There, Same as like, a lot S- like Snyder that, cut sure. justice league. Like honestly, a lot of DC <laughs> movies, honestly. Yeah. I'm not going to sit down and rewatch the Snyder cut. No, Ugh. it was four Ugh. hours. What the fuck? Like, even if it improved on a shitty movie, it's like, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joker, same way. I'm like, dude, that that movie. Again, it has some great performances. It has uh-huh. some great visuals and stuff in it, but it is just so close to reality, right? And it's so it's fucking depressing. Okay, gotcha. yeah, I have no reason to ever watch that fucking one again, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I feel that way about um, several movies where it's just like. It, it too closely matches what is going on to yeah. be enjoyable. I mean, it, you know, uh, Idiocracy, is, it's hacked to point out how unfortunately accurate it has been uh, yeah. to the point now yeah. that it's not, not even funny <laughs> anymore. No. Yeah. It's getting less funny every fucking year. Man. Yeah. It really is. It really, really is. Dude, Kate showed me something earlier just speaking of how times are going these days. <laughs> okay. We're like Margaret, Margaret Atwood. Blah, blah, blah. Let's try Margaret her name again. Atwood, Margaret gotcha. Atwood. Holy uh-huh. shit. Uh, her and her publisher as part of like a fundraiser thing are auctioning off a flame retardant copy of handmaid's tale. Right. Like it's fireproof. So you gotcha. can't burn it. Mm-hmm. And like in the promo video, she's like torching with the flamethrower. It's fantastic. I think it's such a good fucking idea. 
Gotcha. Because <laughs> I... Uh, Ugh. We burning some books these days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of book burning, them, like for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of book burnings, honestly, any Holocaust movie, right? Like you don't. Yeah, don't want to see it again. You don't want to uh, watch this. I again. don't want to watch Jojo Rabbit ever again. Um, honestly, that's one that I was thinking of because it's probably the most yeah. recent one that I've watched. Where it was like, dude, that that movie was, it was so touching and so fucking amazingly well done, and I was like fucking coming unglued uh, during the closing credits of the movie. Just weeping like a child, Steve. Weeping like a child. And I hated that kid so much. Just yeah, hated yeah. him. Hated yeah. him <laughs> so much. Yeah. I just don't know. I just don't know if I will ever like feel like I need to, to go through that again. No. Nope. Tough watch. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we've kind of explored the whole idea of, of tough watches. And I I think, like, uh, you know, when we're really looking at why a movie is a tough watch, th- this one, for some reason, is intentionally a tough watch. Like, it is, yes. It's supposed to be, and I think some of the others we named are supposed to be tough watches. Like, you know, the idea of sitting down to make a movie to piss off the people that are watching it is crazy to me. It's tough, right? Yeah. Because you're just automatically like, what is the audience for this exactly? Because if you're a person who signed up for this movie because you wanted to see a crazy torture porn home invasion movie, mm-hmm. well, you're definitely not going to like it. And no. in fact, this movie kind of scolds you for even being there for that. Uh, meanwhile, if you're the kind of person that is just like, yes, violence on screen is abhorrent and I don't want any part of it. Well, you're not going to watch this movie either. Right. <laughs> like who's it for exactly? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting, and I'm really honestly pretty conflicted about this movie because, like I mentioned earlier, it, it does exactly what it sets out to do. It is profoundly effective. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like getting maced and being like, did you like it? No. <laughs> it's like, well, no. But it works. Also, wasn't supposed to. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's not designed for me to like it. So, yeah. no, I don't like it. So, it is very effective at being unlikable. Yeah, uh, which this movie is absolutely out to do. Yeah, it's just hard to say. Like, who is this for exactly? It's kind of like the person who has like abandonment issues, who then acts like an absolute asshole to everyone, so that they can never <laughs> lose anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this movie is like that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the news for you. If you don't know that asshole... You are that asshole. You are that asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth right there, man. Mm -hmm. So was this the first time you watched this flick? Uh, No, I I had actually seen the the 97 version and the American remake already. Um, And I saw the remake first. It, It was one of those where uh, around the time it came out, you know, I'd heard about it and sat down and watched it and was like, oh, that's, oh boy. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> I should watch the original, you know? Cause like, maybe it's different. Right. And it's not at all. I mean, there, I think there are three key differences in the remake, but n- nothing really like it's the same set. It's the same like house design. It's, it's all the fucking same. 
Um, it's better, though, because you ain't have to read while I, you watch it. Honestly, I will say that is true because I did not catch a lot of the sarcasm in the 97 one whenever uh, like Paul and Peter are talking. Like a lot of what they're saying is like just dripping with sarcasm, but I don't That's know because I yeah. don't speak German. Uh, right, so yeah, the, I'm not detecting that in the inflection when right. I'm reading the subtitle. That's a good point. Yeah, so the English language version did make some sense there. And, and I mean, it's Michael Haneke. I mean, he, he originally wanted it to be set in America. So uh, the, I get why they did the remake. Like, this came out in 97, and not a ton of people saw it. So, mm-hmm. you know, and as we know, Americans aren't going to watch a lot of subtitled stuff, or at least they weren't in the early 2000s. Yeah, so. <laughs> maybe they're more open to it now. I hope. I think so. You know, I think you know, we've we've had movies like Parasite win awards and whatnot. I think more people are are down for, yeah. for subtitles than than used to be. I mean, last I checked, I think like eighty billion people saw Inglorious Bastards, and that movie is like twenty percent English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tons of German and French. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think you know now it. it it wouldn't have necessarily needed uh, an American remake, but then it wasn't a bad idea. Uh, though, <laughs> again, not fun. It's not fun. No matter how, no matter what language it's in, it's not fun. Uh, yeah. So the yeah, this was the first time I had really sat down and thought about this movie, like for a long time because previously when I'd watched it, it just been like, that was very uncomfortable. I don't really want to dwell on it. Uh, yeah, totally. man. Yeah. So this, this was an interesting one. <laughs> like we don't, we don't have a whole lot of these episodes where I can't rewatch. The, like I, I watched it once and then I was like, I can't rewatch it. I'm not, I mean, I'll, I, I watched the remake. I rewatched the re- remake. So I, technically I saw the same movie twice but yeah i just couldn't sit down to rewatch it it's too uncomfortable i get that yeah i get that i remember seeing this for the first time years ago i think when we were in um eh, probably would have been after college and this is one that we watched with uh with our good buddy brandon subtles who's no mm-hmm. longer with us of course yeah brandon who also <laughs> did expose me to many of the movies that were on my list that yeah. i mentioned earlier <laughs> that's brandon because he was just always <laughs> up to watch any kind of like experimental or unusual or just yeah. if it was unlike something you've seen before he was automatically interested yeah. in seeing it and this is one of those flicks where he's like oh man you guys are not going to believe this movie now i thought that we had watched the original one from 97, Kate was uh-huh. sure that we watched the American version. Uh-huh. And maybe that was the case because I, I, it's so hard to tell the difference between the movies in yeah, your memory if you're just thinking about it because they really are the same. But I guess we watched the American version back then. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you were saying where we're like, wow, that was, well, it, it was unlike something, anything I'd seen before. Right. <laughs> Not really in a rush to watch it again. So I think this is the first time that we watched the original cut, mm-hmm. which, as you said, is, is really not different. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's 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 something. And it's a it very is. simple premise for a movie at the end of the day. It's like you have some people at a vacation home, some strangers show up, start tormenting and torturing them. There's a few possible escapes. Maybe they can get away. Nope, they're caught again. Yeah. And I think you're kind of thinking that somewhere in this, the homeowners are going to get 
vengeance for all this havoc that's been wrought upon them. Right. And then, uh, spoilers ahead, it's like, no, just everybody dies, they get yep. away with it, and it looks like at the end of the movie they're just setting up part two, where it's like, and we're moving on to the next house to torment and torture. Though the, uh, this family is not the first. <laughs> they had killed right. the family before. Like It just seems like, they, I guess they don't sleep. They just I guess kill not, rich yeah. people. I suppose so. Yeah, and the entire movie, uh, in the in the director's words, is is really a commentary on the way that we consume violence in yeah. media. And I think that he clearly has a deep concern for people that are getting desensitized by watching violent thrillers and slashers mm-hmm. and consuming media that glorifies violence. And I mean, I will say, especially like living in America, where you know, there's like 10 guns for every person, but God forbid you see a titty on TV or something. Right. We are weirdly unfazed by violence. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, shockingly opposed to anything sexual related. So I would say that we probably live in the most violence glorifying culture that there is. So I, I'll say he has some points, but at the same time, dude, it's like I have played video games yeah i played video games in my entire entire childhood granted they were nowhere near the level of realism as what kids are playing today mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm totally biased and even saying that but it's like i've watched bajillions of people get murdered in horror movies and i love yeah. watching action movies with fighting and all that kind of jazz i've also never once even thought about resolving any conflict with violence ever um yeah but at the same time i know that there are people out there that are susceptible to being desensitized and all that to violence through the stuff that they consume. It's kind of a sticky wicket because I'm like, well, maybe some people are affected by it, but not me. Right. I don't know. Where do you fall in that? Um, I mean, I, I think people very clearly are affected by media in some ways. Um, I think fictionalization... Um, it, there, there's a veneer. There's something there that makes it less likely, to, in my mind, that someone would try to repeat it. But then we have things like the the news. Um, the news yeah. is violent as fuck. Um, we also have things like uh, that one network uh, that calls itself news, Fox News, uh, <laughs> that... I mean, honestly, all of them, they're all just propaganda networks. They're all just sure. creating a narrative. Um, so the in that sense, the, the media has a, an awful lot of effect on people. But yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to point it out and to, to have a movie that basically does like draw you in make you expect certain things and 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 really then like kind of yeah kind of scolds you for you know your for mind wanting them yeah the yeah. way your mind is expecting these things though it's also about how we know genre and our brain thinks in genre but um i i just don't think that there's anything you can do about violence in media and its effect on people. I just don't think there's any way to do that without limiting so much personal freedom 
and so yeah. much artistic freedom that it would just wouldn't it wouldn't resolve anything. I mean, there there are so many other factors contributing to say you know uh, mass shootings and whatnot. That sure, I think media is probably low on that list. Well, but also too, it's the kind of thing where you, you got to think about. And I'm not even saying this justifies it or it's for better or worse, but. I think for basically all of human history, violence has been involved in entertainment for pretty much all of written yeah. history. I mean, yeah. whether you're talking yeah. about the fucking Coliseum, uh-huh. um, boxing matches, wrestling competitions, the yeah. Olympics, like this is all kind of rooted in violence. combat, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's- and it's like you can even say to an extent, I know for me at least anyway, uh, in a lot of ways, like the fun of watching a horror movie is the same thrill as being on a roller coaster where it's like, right. My brain is telling me I am in danger. I actually know that I am safe and at home and nothing bad is going to happen to me. It's not even like the, it's not even like I get the satisfaction of watching people getting murdered because I want to murder people. That's not at all ever on my radar. The thrill is I am not in danger, but my brain is telling me this is a dangerous situation. It's just a fun game. We play with ourselves whenever we engage in any sort of dangerous activity or yeah. perceived dangerous activity. Yeah, and I, I I mean, there are also obviously people who watch uh, horror movies and do put themselves in the, the mind of the killer and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, can't deny they exist. Uh, and I don't know what to do about that. Like, I, no. I don't think there really is a solution to that other than, you know... Uh, actually giving people like mental health care or health care in general. That would general. be a good start, I think. For, yeah, I think that would be a good idea. For people's needs. There's a million things we could do that would definitely curb all the violence. It would help. And of course, like so many things that we see in uh, the entire genre that this is sort of criticizing, you could say in a way this is inspired by some real life events. You were mentioning um, Leopold and Loeb? Earlier, is that yeah, right? Leopold and Loeb. Uh, they were two. I don't rich, know who they are. They were two rich kids uh, in, the, I believe, the twenties, who uh, decided they were so super smart that they could uh, they could plan the perfect murder and get away with it. Sounds like you're describing Rope by Hitchcock. That is what Rope is based off of. <laughs> so, <laughs> not the other way around. That would be interesting, though, after just having a conversation about whether violence in media... Yeah, really, people. right? They <laughs> got the idea uh, of Mitchcock. Yeah. Uh, no, so they... Yeah, they... Um, these brain geniuses decided the best thing to do would be to uh, take a another rich kid and kill him. Uh, brilliant. Just brilliant. No way that uh, you'll not get away with killing a rich kid. Uh, definitely, yeah, no. they won't investigate that. Mm-mm. No, no, not a chance. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Leopold and Loeb, um, they they looked similar. They definitely, there was some question about whether or not there there was uh, sexual tension between the two, etc. Uh, but I think that may have been sensationalizing some because uh, it was the trial of the century at the time. Uh, this was previous to OJ, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Leopold and Loeb. So yeah, they, they just kind of wanted to kill for fun. Uh, and they were rich kids and they thought they could get away with it. And so there's kind of that element here. I mean, we don't know the actual background of these two guys. 
Peter and Paul. Mm-mm. No. Uh, but what we, I, I've, I believe they're rich. I believe they are rich kids. Um, Fred, I believe is his name, who is the guy who introduces the uh, Showbers to Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says that it's his friend's son. Now that could very much be a lie because later Anna says that uh, he's a family friend to the friends that like stop at their dock. Right, um, yeah. But Peter and Paul know how to sail. And that's just not necessarily something that uh, poor people get into a lot. Because you need yeah, they a, seem to know the way around that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, uh, you know, if you live in, in like fishing areas and whatnot, it may be. So like there's 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 this like mystery to their background but i believe after watching uh you know both just a couple days ago i believe they're rich kids i believe Mm -hmm. that they're just doing this for fun and they're probably on a lot of stimulants because they don't seem to sleep yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i think that he intentionally kept their background extremely vague and hidden from us because we we don't care like us the bloodthirsty right. violence craving audience we don't care what these people's motivations are we just want to see people Blood getting guts. fucking axed yeah, yeah. i think mm-hmm. that's the opinion of the filmmaker where it's like i don't even have to explain who these people are also they're talking to you through the whole movie and breaking the fourth wall it doesn't fucking matter you just want to see blood and guts bloodshed I mean, yeah, the, the the talk and and the meta commentary, the breaking the fourth wall, that is, that is, you know, directly involving us in all the violence and stuff, and asking us to bet on whether or not they'll live, and you know, even, even the uh, the foreshadowing moment where we're like, you know, we see uh, George get off the boat, and when he does it, like knocks a knife down, and yeah, then yeah, later yeah. when they're on the boat, Anna gets that That's knife back. Yeah, and you think like, oh, then, you know, she's going to get free. Even that is the movie, like, implicating us in all of this. Like, showing us, giving us hope, and then just being like, no, I'm just going to push her over the edge. The end. Like, Yeah, yeah, the entire movie is exactly set up like that where it's like oh i know what you want right here you're not getting it oh you wanted that fuck you yeah the entire movie does that over and over and over and again and and sometimes it's even i don't know like sometimes it's in a really sleazy way yeah where even like that scene where you know the the mom is like made to disrobe and the camera never shows anything and i'm like okay good like i do not want to see some woman being disgraced, you know, for the pleasure of these fucking psychos. But I think it, like, even that moment, it was the director being like, ooh, I bet you want to see her naked. You're gross. And it's like, no, I don't, actually. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the... (laughs) it, it, It definitely, like, it juxtaposes our control with Paul's. Like, eventually Paul has the remote. Paul rewinds the movie. Paul, like, Paul is the one in control by the end. Because basically the movie's saying at any point you could have turned this off. You've made it this far. You're not going to. In fact, 
Paul's in control now. Like, yeah, uh, that's the impression control. I got too. Like, the remote control thing is so random and just like, what the fuck? He just re- rewound the movie he's in. Is he fucking Zach Morris? What is this? <laughs> but then at the end of the day, it's because it is showing you, like, oh, he's got the remote in his hand and he made a choice. You have it in your hand. You could hit stop at any point. Yep. And stop watching this poor family just getting, you know mindlessly tortured yep. it does put you in the driver's seat right there in a weird way and i think a lot of people kind of missed that they were just like man it was just weird Hi, he was weird. weird he rewound the movie huh <laughs> that's strange uh it, it is it's true it is strange um but yeah it, yeah we're constantly being like drawn in and, and being connected to paul like paul is asking us questions and he's the only one doing it too so it is very much like zach morris or, or Ferris Bueller. And that's interesting, too, because Zach Morris and Ferris Bueller are kind of psychopaths. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> so, like, I, I wonder, like, I, I you know, again, said I haven't seen any of Michael Haneke's movies, and they're all, like, award-winning and whatnot. But I wonder if he was like, I've watched this Zach Morris. <laughs> <laughs> He's a psychopath. <laughs> he is a blonde killer. He's not French. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> He's not. He's German. Or Sacre blue. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it, it does have that feel to it where like he's trying to be charming to us. And it actually works better, I think, in the remake. Uh, I think Michael Pitt is more uh, like, uh, how would you say it? I guess like insidiously charming. This now, when guy, you say Michael Pitt, you mean evil Joe Bonamassa, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, Look it up; it's really similar. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, the guy who plays Paul in the in the ninety seven version, I feel like you wouldn't be deceived by him. Like he, he no. kind of feels like a dirtbag instantly. Yes, he does. He has the, the, the punchable face. The face in need of a punch is yep. what he's got. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh. Back five and gesicht. Yeah. And even like the, the looks of those two characters with their stupid fucking white gloves and the short uh-huh. shorts. It's like even it's they're so made hateable. just to be visually fucking hateable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's almost like a, like a, a, like, yeah, everything they do is intrusive. Like... Even just the way they look and the way that they're dressed is intrusive and hateable. Like, mm-hmm. but they seem to be getting by because of the this rich uh, summer home communities' uh, dedication to societal norms and yeah. to pleasantries. I got that in there where I was just like, why the fuck aren't they just kicking these guys the fuck out of the house? Yes. And it's like, oh, it's because it's my rich friend's, you know, nephew right. or what the fuck ever exactly. the setup was. Yeah, so you have, like, at, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure there are a lot of nouveau riche Americans who are still just jackasses to everybody, but a lot of old money uh tends to know that you don't want to piss any other rich person off because mm-hmm. that's a potential source of money in the future that right. they might have a stock tip or a business investment or whatever you can't they might have a money they might have a money for you yeah 
So there, there's a lot of things in here where like I'm watching and thinking how I would react, but that's because I have literally zero class. I, I would not allow this shit. And I don't think go most people get. would. Yeah. You go home. Get, <laughs> I gave you damn eggs. Now get out of here. I'd say I ain't even got four more eggs to give you. <laughs> I'm poor. Bob, whoop your ass. You touch my golf clubs. <laughs> yeah. There are so many parts in this where I'm like, why aren't they just physically fucking shoving them out the door? Yep. And again, it's like the movie just kind of frustrating you on mm. purpose. Yeah. Again, man, with yeah. these two guys, man. Here's something about these two guys I was going to talk to you about. Uh, Peter and Paul. Yep. Also Beavis and Butthead. Uh-huh. Also Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. They're choosing these like very obviously cartoon-based names for each other. Mm-hmm. And Paul, as we said, is breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera like he's fucking Bugs Bunny and stuff. Yep. And if you think about those cartoons and stuff, whether it be, yeah, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, Beavis and Butthead or whatever, they were all very violent. I mean, if you yeah. drop an, an anvil on someone's head, it's it's right. brutal, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Is there like some kind of weird thing going on where these two guys are cartoon characters that have escaped into the real world? The way that they're wearing those like <laughs> white gloves the whole time, like they're Mickey Mouse. Yeah. yeah. And even no, like I- there's that scene later on where they're in the boat. And I think it's Peter has, like, blood on his gloves. Yeah. And he, like, washes his hands in the water, still wearing the gloves. Almost they're yeah. like almost as if they're, like, attached to him. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't take the gloves off because he's yeah. a cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah. Because in a cartoon, like, if they were cartoon characters and it was Bugs Bunny and he, you know, shot that, uh, that double-barrel shotgun at Elmer Fudd. Mm-hmm. That's just normal, everyday kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It just seems like they are cartoon characters. Like when you think of cartoon characters, you're thinking wacky and silly, but it's like actually they're they're very violent mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, and uh, that's kind of how they play out. Yeah, and I, and I believe in the mid '90s is when we were getting the uh, pearl clutching about violence and cartoons. Um, yeah, and video games you know. and all that. Yeah, just as a reminder that parents were always stupid. Um, <laughs> it's not new. Not a new thing. Now they just have Facebook to share the stupidity. <laughs> and they have crystals. Don't forget that. <laughs> and they have crystals. Hey, girl, it's me. I'm a boss bitch. You want to join my MLM? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think like the the car- cartoon violence debate definitely would have played into that and i think you're right that they are cartoon characters like they are they at the very least i i could accept because they're not animated i could accept that they have they are rich kids who've been uh snorting coke or doing meth for days watching cartoons and they just decided to go out and do it like yeah, to yeah yeah play out a cartoon because they're in stimulant psychosis. Mm-hmm. I could believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the cast in this flick? Again, we do have a language barrier here, but there were right. many times in it that I was just like, I guess I'm watching a documentary and this is brutal. I mean, right. the people really were going through some shit. There is some brutal, brutal, brutal yep. stuff in this. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I, everybody did a great job. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Susan Lothar, who plays uh, Anna. She has to do a lot of the most physical stuff because yeah. the uh, Ulrich 
Muhey. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The guy who plays George. Um, he he's injured know, right away. Yeah, yeah, he's injured pretty much right away. And so she, yeah, she's you know having to like get up on on her feet with her uh, feet bound and her hands bound and like do, do like go through windows and stuff like that. Like she she's doing an awful lot, and I think her performance is great. Like I, I she, kind of she literally puts on the man clothes and yeah. takes charge in the movie. Like she literally. does, and that yeah, that is something that is is definitely like frustrating for me because watching it I'm like why because like he the the George he doesn't back up his wife he kind of instantly when the guys are like you know saying their their little spiel about the eggs or whatever and how she's like being mean to them and trying to kick them out he's not instantly like I don't give a fuck leave because I know like, dude if my wife pissing is me pissed off. off get the fuck out of here I don't care yeah. if you think you're right uh, exactly, dude. That that blew my mind too. I was like, "Wait, he's like asking these guys what happened and right. shit." I'm like, "Dude, kick them the fuck out! <laughs> yes. Then ask her what happened. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude?" So that that's frustrating. Like watching because from my own perspective, it's like, no, I'd never do that. But then it's also uh, one of those things where I started thinking, and I was like, "Okay, like it's 2022. We have to admit." Just because uh, oftentimes men are bigger doesn't mean every single man knows how to handle himself yeah. and can really stand up for himself. So my expectation that he has to be that way is a kind of shitty, but my expectation that you defend your significant other no matter what is still there. That's a like, given, yeah. That's yeah. just a given, dude. Yeah. So, like, maybe, you know, maybe I'm shitty for expecting him to, you know, beat the shit out of two guys in his in his uh, foyer or whatever because that's what I would do. But I, I, you can't excuse him being just not, not instantly siding with his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Absolutely agree, man. Absolutely agree. I'll tell you what, though, like an interesting feat that this movie does accomplish is that I can't think of a movie that was as like grimy and brutal and unsettling while showing little to nothing on screen. Like in terms of violence, there's really there's there's nothing like you don't even see him getting whacked with that golf club. Nope. Nope. You don't actually see it like you don't see the gunshot that kills the kid. You're with. Paul in the Paul, kitchen making, making a, a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, yeah. You, which you I think I think even that is kind of like no. Uh huh. The the husband's getting stabbed when he gets shot. You don't see any of that. The only time you do see violence is when Anna picks up the gun and shoots Peter. Yes, which That's is then immediately the erased and rewound. Yes, and we wanted that violence too, yeah. and that kind of is saying yes. something, right? Where it's like you as the audience, you're like, yes, when that happens, like. That's good violence, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's the thing about it is I think that that was him finally, you know, as the director being like, okay, I'll give you a little bit of what you want. Not right. rewind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we've relinquished control to Paul. So we don't even get the thing we want anymore. We don't get to mm-hmm. see it. Or at least get to, to have it. it. We see it, but then it's gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, there's they're, they're definitely, like, 
there's a lot being said with these, you know, breaking of the fourth wall and the meta commentary. Like Peter, Peter doesn't seem to know he's in a movie, but he is talking about the genre throughout. Yeah, so totally. It, it's almost like they were in the midst of a conversation about how a movie like this would go before they even started doing this. Mm, mm-hmm. So again, like, yeah, maybe they were just <laughs> fucking zooted out of their minds watching, <laughs> you know, uh, home invasion thrillers or something. And they were like, you know, how can we cut off these different avenues of escape? Mm-hmm. I even think that, that that commentary on violence runs, I, th- I think, all over this movie and even spills into reality at some point. Like, whenever we get mm-hmm. that scene after uh, the son, Georgie, after he has been shot while yeah. uh, Paul Paul is Brutal. in the kitchen making a sandwich, which I think that that's also just commentary on how just, like, violence is just, like, the soundtrack to our everyday lives, where it's like, yeah, if you're at home watching even. this movie, yeah, you're eating popcorn, you're making a sandwich, mm-hmm. whatever, you're, you're the same as him while this stuff yep. is going on in the background and it doesn't even phase you to hear a gunshot and knowing that some family member probably just fucking died as part of this game. Right. But whenever we go back to the living room there, it deliberately shows us all of that blood on the TV screen. Mm-hmm. And in the European version, it's like an, you know, it's like a touring car race. And in the American version, it's a NASCAR, it's a NASCAR race. race. Yeah. Uh-huh. That alone makes me think it's like the fact that he chose car racing is a very deliberate choice because it is. Why do people watch racing? Like, why so, yeah. do you watch NASCAR? You're watching for, the it for a wreck. Yeah, you want to see a yeah. crash. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, you're not watching it for the fucking, you know, driving fast and going left thing. You're uh-huh. watching right. it because you hope to see some sort of, yeah, violent spectacle, some kind of terrible car crash. Like, you want to yep. see that. That's why you're watching it. And I think even just like it showing you, like, hey, here's a kid's blood on screen. Yeah. You're watching this for entertainment. Like, you wanted to see this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, just that like you know, the the Peter and Paul leave and then just that like super duper long take 10 of, minutes, dude, non-stop of just the like parents deal, dealing with it, like what just, just being happened. numb, yeah. It's insane. And like it's real like the American version, the the kid in it looks almost identical to my cousin Casey at that age. Ooh, wow. So it's real hard to watch her. It's just like, fuck, like fuck. And so it, it, that, that, that like real, like lingering take and, and her like taking to action instantly, basically like that's all, ugh, man, it is, it, it's it is grody. probably, it, it, it's probably the most affecting, uh, bit of the movie and and doesn't try to give like a wink to the camera or anything or even like spend time scolding us for for all this. It, it just gives you that room to think about what you're seeing. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think you know if this was in a uh, whatever a fucking John Wick movie or whatever, it's like they shot my kid. I'm immediately taking action and kicking ass. I'm right. gonna get these bastards. Like that's what you want. But this mm-hmm. just gives you the reality of being like, no, you just be like numb, um, and then yeah. like five minutes later, you'd probably just randomly throw up. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was a really effective moment in the movie where like she gets him to the kitchen and then she just throws up out of nowhere, and it's like, yeah, yeah that's that's probably what you would do. How do you process? 
Uh, it, again, extremely, extremely, extremely effective. Like that, yep. that ten minute long scene in that is just fucking crushing. It really, really is. Yep. But you know, like the the thing about that is too is after we have that moment of them, you know, recovering and them like getting their bearings and dealing with the fact that their son just got killed and these guys have left and what can they do? Maybe they can escape. At that point. Yeah, the director knows what we want to see. As I said a second ago, we want to see them gathering arms and fucking lighting torches and chasing after these bastards that did what they did. But instead, we're treated to about, it's about 20 minutes of kind of nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just nothing. It's her putting on the man's clothes, going to the the boathouse to get those shears, which is, like, basically off camera. Uh Meanwhile, he gets a hairdryer to try to blow dry the phone and dry it out. And right. it's just him sitting there in real time. It's like watching paint dry, essentially. It kind of is. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, I mean, it gets tense again when she gets on the road and you see a car coming. I, but even I, then, she doesn't jump out in front of the car. She, like, after the car is driven by, she jumps out. It's like, they're not going to see you or hear you. What are you doing? Well, she was worried it was them. And then the second car that comes is them. Yeah. So like, yeah, like it, it really does just like, but I, I, I feel like I, again, don't fully understand what their plan was. Like there's so much they could do that Peter and Paul couldn't possibly like know they were going to do. Like they could just run out to a field and sit in that field until morning. Yeah. Like, they they don't have to do all that they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess because his leg is broken, she's trying to get help. But, again, even with a broken leg, you could get him out that window and just go somewhere and hide. Where they just won't be able to find you, because why would they look for you there? Sure. Because they don't know the place. They're just there. Or... You know, the assumption is they don't know the place. Never know. They could have been casing this uh, whole neighborhood while everybody was not there for the summer. But that might even be a commentary on the type of acting and actions that we typically expect in thrillers where, like, they do something stupid like run to the attic instead. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. you're watching this because you want to see the dumb people do dumb stuff and right. it frustrates you and then they get murdered, right? This is what you signed up for, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if they had done... Like, where would the movie go if they had yeah. actually done something wise? Yeah. Right, yeah. And even that theme of just, like, being abrasive just to piss you off. Like, this movie like is just so intentionally fucking abrasive. Yeah. Even down to like the intro there, where we we do have that like God's eye view shot, that very Kubricky shot that starts the movie. Yeah, of them, you know, driving down the road with their sailboat behind them and stuff, and they're like listening to all this different opera, and yeah. then just suddenly the music changes to that that fucking John Zorn. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Naked Lunch, just screaming, yeah, crazy fucking metal. I don't even know what the fuck it is. It is just pure abrasive ass music. Um, that even feels like, you know, whether it's the director that changed the music right there or whether it's Peter and Paul that changed the music right there because they're in control of the movie. I don't know what that is exactly trying to say because later on in the movie, 
whenever um, I think it's Paul is chasing the kid around, he's like, we need some chase music and puts on a CD in that house. And the CD is explicitly that song, yeah. that metal mm-hmm. abrasive ass shit. So you're like, okay, so he's the one that played that earlier in the movie too, I guess, right? I would guess because it's the only time when music plays that is not di- diegetic, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Yeah, it's not yeah. like occurring to the actual characters in the movie. So yeah, I would guess that because we we are, I guess, supposed to be connected to Paul. So I guess that is him, like intervening at the beginning to let us know he's going to be there. I don't know. <laughs> or kind of his accomplice through the whole thing. I mean, he's the one that keeps asking us like, Hey, who are you betting on? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they'll make it past nine o'clock? And yeah, all that stuff. I do think yeah. it was an interesting move that they chose to do like no soundtrack during the really intense scenes. Yeah. Whether it right. be like somebody being chased around or somebody being tortured, like there's no ominous music telling you how to feel. No. Uh, that would take you out of it. it. It's really just, you know, it's there to make you face the reality of what violence is like without sugarcoating it with some cinema, cinematic gloss of adding soundtrack right. to it. It's like, let's just let it be rattling breaths and stabbing noises and uncomfortable tension. Yeah. Let's not glamorize this or make it fun in any way. And uncomfortable is the, the word that I keep oh, yeah. using to describe this movie because... That's that is it makes me feel it doesn't necessarily make me feel gross um, or, or, you know, like some of the other movies we talked about in the the preview palace. But yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, And again, even those like really dull moments and stuff I was talking about were like really the first, what, 30 minutes of the movie is just like a family arrives at a house. Time to unpack right. the stuff and set up the sailboat and make dinner. Like it's just a bunch of boring shit. And then after, yeah, after the kid dies, we're treated to like twenty minutes of just kind of nothing. Like, yeah, I was squirming in my seat, getting uncomfortable, being like, "What's going on? Like, what's right. happening here?" <laughs> yes, but yeah. I know that that's exactly what the director wanted me to do. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah, it's he's playing with our expectations our our genre knowledge like and and yeah it it is in the end like uh aside from the point of 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 wanting to upset and anger the film's pointless (laughs) (laughs) right and that's the point it's about pointless mindless violence that's it yep that the point it did it the point is it's pointless like come on what the hell? <laughs> I know, I know, and and it takes almost two hours to get there. It really does. It's just like, you know what? Listen, it's like a shaggy dog story, like where it's just like, what did you do this for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's like I would love to say that, like, oh yeah, there's there's an hour and twenty minute version of this movie that's better. No. But then but then you're eliminating the stuff that he wants yeah. you to feel. You know, exactly. those uncomfortable yeah. moments of dullness in the movie. It's like you'd be mm-hmm. cutting stuff like that, and that's kind of the point. So I don't even yeah. know if I can say this would be better if it was shorter. I don't really know that it would. It yeah. might be less effective. I don't know. I mean It's not likable, damn it. It's not. And I'm just thinking about like uh scoring it. Like d- doesn't 
Doesn't it seem like with a lot of the movies that we mentioned in the preview palace and this movie that it's almost a, it's an assault on criticism where you can't say that this movie is bad. Like you can't, you, you no. look at it, it, it shot gorgeously. It's it acted great, extremely yeah. well. The, the writing does exactly what it means to do. It evokes emotion. It evokes feeling. It's unique. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. But I don't like it. But I don't like it. Yeah. And it, but, but you're not supposed to. And, but I'm and not the supposed thing about to. This, yes. this kind of goes back to like the stuff I was talking about with, um, what is it that we did? The Love Witch, where that, what did right. you call the acting style in that? Oh, pr- uh, presentational? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? Where it's like, well, the acting is intentionally bad, therefore right. you can't criticize it for being bad. <laughs> right. Like, this movie is so deliberately unlikable that you can't criticize it for being unlikable. Right. It's almost yeah. like a bulletproof armor built into the movie where it's like, oh, I don't like it. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to. And it, it, It's like it, if I fucking brought you a steak out for dinner that I had just, like, charred the shit out of and then, like, right. dipped in bile and I hand it to you and you're like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, do you like it? You're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you're not supposed to. Did I do a good job? <laughs> I well, guess. Well, if, if your goal was to make something I don't to. like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you nailed it. Dude, 10 out of 10? Uh, yeah. I don't I know. Mean, like, that, what? That is like, you can't, like, when looking at this movie, the only way to understand it is as antagonistic to criticism. Like, it is. Yeah. It, it it questions the entire validity of criticism because mm-hmm. you can't know the artist's intention entirely. And since you can't know the artist's intention entirely, you're always projecting when you're criticizing. So this movie is saying, like, it, you can think I'm bad all you want. I meant to do that. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Well, he even said, like, if this movie was a big hit, especially in America, it would mean that nobody understood what I was trying right. to say. Yeah, this is art. It wasn't, yeah, it was never meant to be an entertaining film, I, I don't think. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I think the reason why I have a hard time, like, enjoying this is that I just don't necessarily agree with that message. There's something right. about this that seems so preachy and talk downy and puritanical to be like right. ooh you want to see murder you want to see killing you're disgusting right like i feel like like so like are you insulting me i'm watching your movie right. sir <laughs> sorry yeah. for watching your fucking movie <laughs> fuck me right yeah exactly man it's like i don't i don't feel like i am a scummy person because i love seeing Jason hack teenagers up like that's no. so separated from reality that there's no way that you could take that as being like oh man this guy watched a Freddy Krueger movie he's a bloodthirsty animal <laughs> I you know? but also like you know that then it, I mean it, it, it it's doing a good thing because it's opening up these conversations where like say True. you know when we talk about torture porn it's like i don't understand the people that love torture porn but i also just like you said i can't ascribe a mentality to that person simply because i don't get it it is crazy though 
that he made this movie in 1997 before the torture right. porn thing had really even begun. And then by the time the remake came out, it's like we were in Saw and Hostile territory by then, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So his movie actually made more sense... 10 years after he wrote it and remade it. It's kind of crazy. It's like a Which self-fulfilling is, prophecy. Yeah, and also why it's kind of genius to just make a shot-for-shot shot remake at that point. To yeah, just, it's like, I'm still saying the same shit, y'all. Right, yeah. Message <laughs> hasn't changed, changed, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you agree yeah, with I, that, that message of this movie? Like, do you feel like no. in any way like people should be made to feel bad no. about wanting to see bloodshed and shit as entertainment? No. I don't think you should be made to feel bad about wanting to see anything with consensual adults consenting exactly. to do stuff. Of course, of course. I don't yeah. care what it is. Um, that's that's uh, you know up for whatever sort of debate. I'm sure, but I, I I just don't care what people intake as long as nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. Um, I do think that you know it. It is possible to make a statement without believing it necessarily. So, like, you could make a film that makes the statement that violence in media creates violence without believing it, just to open up a conversation. And this does a good job of opening up a conversation, I think, for horror fans Mm -hmm. of just, like, you know, what, what is it that we're watching and does it have an effect on us. Why is it we want to see the things that we want to see? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, I think that's, that's cool that it did that. But yeah, no, I, I don't, I do not agree that a person's, you know, choice to, to watch horror movies or movies with violence in them has anything to do with them desiring violence. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And, and again, I, I am sure I'm a million percent certain there is 1% of 1% that have a harder time distinguishing fiction from For reality sure. yeah. than we do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in the case of those people, whether it be the influence of a fucking you know movie or a KMFDM song or whatever, right? I think that if you're that susceptible to influence, I don't think a piece of media is to blame entirely, no. 100% for you taking action. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, even if you're copying exactly what you see in, in a film, it's, it's not the filmmaker's fault. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's billions of us that have listened to, yeah, whatever, uh, KMFDM or whatever, and didn't do horrible things. And nobody's killed motherfucking Depeche Mode yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Come on. So there's a lot of us that can deal with these things. I realize that you know there is a small population that cannot, but I don't think it's in the hands of movie makers, music makers, video game makers to uh, to care for these people and edit their art and censor what they have to say right. on account of that very small sliver of the population. Does that yeah. make sense? No, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to rate this. It, it, it did is. exactly what it set out to do. Exactly what it set out to. It could not have done it much better, frankly. Like nope. there's not really a better version of this story or this narrative that exists. So nope. I think considering what he wanted to do, he did nail it. So I could say, like, in terms of execution and concept, I don't know how much better it could have done. So like probably like a nine and a half for that. But right. in terms of like me sitting down and watching it as a movie, oh man, that's tough. Like I 
I didn't have fun watching this. I don't want to watch it again anytime fucking soon. Right. I'll give I'll give merit to things like yeah, cinematography, acting, soundtrack choices, and chalk it up to about like a two, just because I don't. <laughs> it's it's not fun, man. Yeah. Like, I, I again, I I watch movies to get away for a little while. Yeah. And this just isn't fucking fun to go to. So I'm gonna average that out. You're giving it a five point seven five. Is that the idea? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> and I think that's fair. Honestly, Mass checks I, out. I think nine nine and a half is probably pretty fucking accurate for quality of what he was going for, like all that, etc. But yeah, when it comes to my own personal enjoyment of the film, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. <sighs> I, I mean, I, you can't discount the great performances for sure, but I d- I just don't enjoy I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy no. the questions it provokes. I, sure. I, you know, having thought deeper into it and push pushing past my initial just boy that was uncomfortable. I don't want to think about it again. Was a good thing. Uh, it was. It's nice to have some sort of clarity on on what it is was going on in this very uncomfortable movie but yeah i i just i'm not gonna sit down to watch it again anytime soon i don't i can't imagine so yeah i think you're right probably nine and a half and a two so yeah let's say (laughs) 5.75 on average for funny games (laughs) yeah yeah it's a wild one, man. I look forward to hearing your all thoughts about it over on our Facebook group and Instagram page and everywhere else you guys can find us on social media. Just use the Linktree page to find us everywhere, including our Patreon page where you can support the show yeah. and uh, maybe even get your movie drawn for a future episode just like how this one was. Hell yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to Patreon exclusive episodes and stuff. Uh, become a patron on $5 level. You get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl, and then we draw from the smoking bowl, and we review the movie that we draw from the smoking bowl. It's pretty awesome. Smoking. Uh, <laughs> yep. Maybe you could put the mask in there, huh? <laughs> Has anyone rewatched the mask in I like... did about a month ago. How was it? You know what? Okay. Um, the CG is better than you remember. Okay. I'll say that. CGI right. in there is better than you remember. Uh-huh. Um, I forgot that the main like bad guy in it is uh, Zed from Pulp Fiction. Oh, right. Huh. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it's Zed, if I'm not mistaken, in there. Yeah, I don't remember this movie well, though I did see it in the theaters. It did bring <laughs> to mind, though, just how absolutely fucking surreal that moment was in like the mid-late 90s where we were all like, I don't know. Swing dancing is popular again. Zoot suits, big bands. We what the back fuck was so going fucking on? far for that too. We were just like, I don't know the twenties. Let's go back to the twenties. Let's try that again. What in the <laughs> fuck was going on? I mean, listen. Just the nineties were like the absolute pit of culture in some ways because, like, we had those like bug eye sunglasses and insane fucking jeans and just like so many bad bands that got played orbits and soby right (laughs) but then when you look back there's just so much good stuff that came out of it that it's like man maybe we need another wacky ass fucking decade (laughs) where we're just (laughs) like i don't know what if we uh do victorian dances i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's. You know what the next big thing is going to be? Potato sack races. It's going to be Fuck wild. Fuck yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. People just lining up, the sh- just flooding the streets with their tater sacks. <laughs> and then some idiot's going to try to start the three-legged race up. And everybody's going to oh, be like, man. oh, man, copycat. This guy's... <laughs> I, you know what? Adult field day does sound awesome, though. If there's drinking involved, it could work. I just want a ribbon for throwing a softball. How about it, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so the mask, maybe that's one that goes in the bowl. I don't know. It's maybe, up to you. Whatever. Maybe the River Wild. Maybe that goes in there, huh? <laughs> the River Wild. Maybe so. Or Twister. Twister, huh? Maybe. maybe you do Who that knows? Uh, none Five dollars. It can be yours. None of these are necessarily horror movies, but uh, whatever. Let's put it in there. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter, honestly. Yeah, who cares? Oh, real quick. I wanted to ask you this, too. Let's hear it. Um, on the count of go, which comes after three, obviously, mm-hmm. name the unfunniest game. Okay? You ready? The unfunniest game? Unfunniest game. You ready? What? It, what it, wait. I'm so confused. Like, video game? Let's say uh, it could be video game, board game, whatever you're thinking about. Unfunniest. unfunniest. There's a clear uh-huh. winner. Okay. All right. Let's All right. Uh, let's try it. One, two, three, go. Monopoly. Pictionary. Oh, yeah. Pictionary. <laughs> no, Pictionary's fun. What's the matter with know. you? I didn't know where we were going. You didn't and then study you said Monopoly, and I was like, clearly, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Unfunniest game by yeah. far. Monopoly. I can see why you you expected that answer because it's so obvious that that is the <laughs> unfunniest game. I mean, at least Russian roulette's going to get your adrenaline pumping, right? <laughs> and you get <laughs> and that it doesn't feeling. take all night. <laughs> I mean, and no matter what the result, you get that feeling of relief, right? Yeah, exactly, it's like, man. Exactly. Get to live, or Woo! I'm not thinking anymore. <laughs> I don't exist any longer. Right? <laughs> Craziness. Um, but yeah, support us on Patreon and stuff there. All kinds of good bonus stuff and the potential to have your movie featured on a future episode. Also, Hell be sure yeah. to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We need more reviews on yeah. there. I will Head sing a over. song for you if you write us a review. Maybe I'll leave and read it on the next episode. How about Ooh, that? That was a good song. What's the next episode? Uh, 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. It has been... A goddamn month of Sunday since I seen this. <laughs> uh, I've, I've rewatched it pretty recently, and I'm just excited to get to talk about it because it's such a. I don't know, man. I keep going back to it and Ghost Ship regularly now, after having never watched them like when they they came out, because there's something to the. It's the same director. There's just something to his mind that isn't great, but it's also pretty great. (laughs) All right. Yeah. We'll find out about it on next week's installment of dead and lovely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I've been uncle Ben. Been Hollywood Steve. We'll catch you guys next time. So these stand-up comedians, I know that they obsessively work over their material. They might spend like hours, if not, you know, years crafting a couple of jokes to fit into a type five and stuff. It's a lot of work, right? Uh, Yeah, some, some of them, sure. I got to think about how much effort they put into that stuff when really at the end of the day, like 
just a fart with reverb on it is probably the funniest thing that's ever happened. It is something I think uh, is always nagging at the back of every comedian's brain that a baby could get laughs. If that baby had some good reverb on it. Yeah. For sure. The verb makes it really funny. It does. It does. (laughs) So do you think it's ever in the back of their heads where they're just like, I could take the easy way out and just do the fart with the echo on it. And the crowd would fucking love it. Absolutely. People would just (laughs) shit themselves laughing. (laughs) What if that was like your backup plan, though, where you're like, okay, I'm a a comedian. I'm trying out some new material and stuff. Uh I don't know how it's going to go over. And it's just like anytime a joke doesn't really land, you just have it like queued up. Fart with reverb. (laughs) Yeah. like It's just a different one every time. It's like, so, uh, I don't know. And then just a huge cavernous fart and the crowd loses their minds it would work every time i think so if that doesn't work they're dead right like that's just a dead crowd (laughs) all that work when the answer is just right there in front of of you add a little reverb to a fart (laughs) the tightest five (laughs) because really farts is reverb they're hilarious dude 100 percent. farts in general funny reverb really just add funnier. something to it. Yep. Yeah, it's funnier because you're getting like all the sound, plus it's making it sound more comical, and you probably don't have the bad smell. Right. Yeah. Stage. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. From a recording, I would hope you don't get. That would be the worst if somebody invented like adding smells to music. Yeah, that would not be good. Yeah, I don't want that. Can you imagine listening to like a Gigi Allen record? I mean, could oh, you just imagine oh. that in general? <laughs> also that, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's bad enough on its own. I wonder what a Motorhead record smells like. Oh, shit. Uh, definitely smells like, I, I would think it smells like uh, like a 1970s uh, mechanic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just cigarettes, cigarettes and, dried and grease whiskey. and whiskey. And <laughs> yeah. Sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> 